everyone and welcome back to the music matters media podcast i am your host lisa and i'm eric and today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects ever a very special band that's near and dear to my heart we're talking about angels and airwaves it's been a while since we've spoken about them well any opportunity to talk about tom is a good opportunity of course (laughs) and he's giving us plenty to discuss because i just saw him this past week at playstation theater in new york city it was one hell of a show i can't wait to get into that and we are going to be discussing two new singles that angels and airways has released most recently for their upcoming album that's coming out next year early 2020 so that's very exciting news as well and then we're going to go down memory lane and discuss every single Angels and Airwaves album. We're going to rank our top three favorite songs from each album going all the way back to 2006 with We Don't Need to Whisper up until present day with The Dreamwalker that came out in 2014. Super excited for the new album coming out next year in 2020. But until then, we shall do that. And we will also round this episode off by ranking our least favorite to most favorite AVA album. It's going to be a very exciting episode and I'm ready to just jump right into it. So as always, Eric, we have our top three international countries of this week. You ready? Ready. Okay. Coming in at number three, we have Australia. Nice. Australia. Congratulations, guys. Yes. Big congrats to Australia. And coming in at number two, we have Spain. Nice. Spain. Felicidades. Shout out to Spain. We love you over there in Spain. And coming all the way to take our number one spot this week, we have Colombia. Nice. Very nice. Congratulations on making it on the top spot. Yes, Colombia. You came out of nowhere stealing number one, and we couldn't be more grateful to have you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you to everybody in our top three. We have Australia at number three, Spain at number two, and Colombia taking big numero uno this week. And thank you to everybody who takes the time to listen to our show. We cannot thank you enough. You guys keep coming back every week, and we love it. Thank you for spreading this around. And speaking of spreading this around, if you want to make our top three next week or any week after that, all you have to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your families, with any loved ones you may have, and we could be shouting you out next. All right, so Eric, let's start off by talking about the show, the big show at PlayStation Theater in NYC, AVA, 
They came back finally for this tour after not being around for seven years. Wow, that is, that's such a while. I mean, crazy. This is the big return for AVA and the big return for Tom DeLonge to tour. He has not been on a tour in years. People were itching for him to come back out on tour, itching for new music from him and from the band. And now it's finally here and we get to talk about it. I've been dying to ask you about this for a while now, so let's begin, shall we? So how was it? I mean, I can't even imagine what it must have been like to see them finally. So to give you a little backstory and to give the listeners a little backstory, I've only seen Tom DeLonge once live. And that seems crazy to people because anybody that knows me, whether you know me through social media, online, or you know me in real life, everybody knows that I am such an avid Blink fan. So naturally, they've seen footage through social media or whether, like I said, you know me in real life where you know that I'm going to a show, people know that I've been to several Blink shows at this point and I've seen them multiple times. However, luckily I was fortunate enough before Tom left Blink-182 that I was able to see him once live back in 2013. It was for a charity event for 9-11, and it was in a small room. It was at the Music Hall of Williamsburg in Brooklyn, and that was the first time I saw Blink, period, back in 2013, and the first slash last, or hopefully not last, because never say never, time that I saw Tom in Blink. So all the other times that I've seen Blink has been with Matt Skiba. And to be able to see Tom now years later and have that opportunity once again, I was completely, completely, fully invested in getting. There was no way that I was not going to get a ticket to this show. And going into it, I mean, what were your expectations? Like, were they met? Were they not met? Were you, what were you thinking about Tom's voice? Were you hoping that it was going to, you know, have improved? Because I know that that's been definitely a topic of debate over the years, you know, the quality of his voice and that it doesn't sound the same as it used to. When you were going into this concert, what were you thinking? Were you hoping that it was going to have improved over the years or were you expecting it to kind of be the same? Now, you would think that me being a part of a music show and for me being the founder of Music Matters Media and my whole company is based around music that I would be having those things in my mind. But I got to tell you, I was just so happy to just be there and to have that opportunity to go see him live. For me personally, at least, that's all that I cared about. I really didn't think too much into it. I get totally what you're saying. However, I will say that uh, for those listening, you will be very pleasantly surprised whether you go on this tour or not, or if you just see footage from this tour. I can wholeheartedly say that this is the best that he sounded in years. That's really amazing to hear. And of course, you know, because it's Tom and he's known for those amazing riffs, I bet the guitar playing was amazing too, wasn't it? Yeah, I gotta say about the rest of the band, they brought it 
and their live performance is truly something to go experience at least once. If you are an Angels and Airwaves fan, even if you're not and you're just going to their show with somebody for the first time, you will be blown away. Their visuals, how they present themselves on stage, the way that they play, the way that you can see Tom is so passionate about the music and about him singing and playing. And it looks like he's really putting effort in this time around, whereas in the past he's been criticized for his live performance. Well, that's very awesome to hear, and I wish I could have been there. I really do. You were there in spirit, Eric. (laughs) Next time. So what about the set list? Was it what you expected it to be? Were you blown away by any of it? And most importantly, I have to ask, did they play uh, some of your favorites? So I am so glad that you asked this question because, yes, they did play a lot of my favorites. The set list was pretty much two, three songs off of each album, which I thought that was pretty fair. And of course, what I really enjoyed were the classic songs going back to We Don't Need to Whisper and off of I Empire. Those were the ones that I was looking forward to the most. Super excited to hear those. Those were great live. Like I said, his live performance has drastically improved since the last time that he was on tour but Eric I have to let you know the most special moment of the night for me specifically as much as I love Angels and Airwaves of course I love Tom's creative projects outside of Blink but he broke down his set and he went acoustic and while he was going acoustic in the middle of the set he did a quote-unquote Tom melody and that is when he sang There Is by Boxcar Racer, I Miss You by Blink-182, and Aliens Exist by Blink-182, and I completely lost it during that time in the set. That was my highlight. I never thought that I would get the opportunity to hear There Is played live, ever. So now I have to ask you this question, (laughs) because I think it's only fair. Did you cry? at any point i teared up dude i seriously teared up i got super emotional when he broke like i said he he broke the set list down and then he put on his acoustic guitar he played anomaly and then after he played anomaly by aba then he started getting into the melody of blink songs and when he played there is i lost it i started getting emotional And to be fair, I would too, because, you know, putting myself in your shoes, this is the dude that's been involved in some of your all-time favorite bands and side projects. And to finally be able to see him live again for only the second time in your life and to have him play some of his most amazing songs, which also happen to be some of your favorites right in front of you. I mean, does that compare to anything else? I mean, I don't think it would. I was so close this time around, too. Back in 2013, when I saw him for the first time with Blink and the first time I saw Blink, I was way further back. This time around, I was able to get a good view. I was in within the front few rows in uh, general admission, and the view that I had was incredible to get good videos and to just take everything in and enjoy the moment. Wow, that makes it so much better. And I can't even imagine what must have been going through your mind during any point of the night, really, really, but especially during that, uh, you know, part of the night where he just played a lot of classics. To hear him play There Is by Boxcar Racer is something that I will never, ever forget. I love that song. I love Boxcar Racer in general. 
There Is and Watch the World were two of my favorites, all-time favorite songs from that album that they dropped. And then after that, for him to transition into I Miss You and to hear him sing it the classic way of how he sings it with my yed instead of my head, uh, I lost it during that too because that just felt really good to uh, experience that. And then to round everything out with Aliens Exist, I mean, the timing is better than ever, of course. Anybody that knows Tom knows that. And the way that the crowd was responding to everything, it was just insane. The energy in that room that night was through the roof, off the charts. And I also love the way that he closed out Aliens Exist because it was just like the live album when instead of saying uh, 12 Majestic Lies, the whole crowd shouted back at Tom. Tom has sex with guys just like they do off the live album. Anybody who's listened to that album, it's literally a time capsule of blinking their prime during their joke days and the stage banter and everything. So, oh my God, it was just so amazing. Incredible. It's truly incredible. Oh man, makes me all the more sad I couldn't go. <laughs> Eric, oh man, Eric, you were there in spirit. I'm telling you, I, I was saying for you, dude, I really oh, was. Well, thank you for that. And now moving on to the singles, did he play those live or did he absolutely stay away from them? did absolutely and, did and how was that? They were great and they went over so well with the crowd. In fact, when he started getting into those singles, the crowd was getting hyped up specifically for those two new ones. Just because I think AVA fans have been dying for new material. So to get those singles and to hear them being played within months of each other, of the singles dropping. Specifically too with Kiss and Tell because that just dropped really recently. So it was a treat. It definitely was a treat. What did you think about both separately? Okay, well first you got... First up from the two singles, you got Rebel Girl. And when that dropped, that also dropped with the tour announcement. So there was so much hype around that song. How I feel about that song now, months later, I still like it just as much as I did when I first heard it. When I heard that song, I'm like, wow, Tom's back. He's really back. And uh, he still has it in him to make good material. I love the chorus of that song. I love the quote, do you want to go back to where we started back before we were brokenhearted? I love that part. However, if I could change one thing about the song personally, for me, it's just a little bit too adolescent and cringy, especially him singing it at this point of his life. I'm like, ah, is the second part to the chorus. Um, the shoe fits my little Cinderella just does not do it for me whatsoever. I'm like, oh, there's so many things that you could have said there to bridge that gap, but that's just not one of them for for me, for me personally. But I love the quote, do you want to go back to where we started back before we were brokenhearted? Love that. And I still think it's a killer song. I loved it when it first came out and I'm still in love with it. How do you feel about Rebel Girl? First off, I agree with what you said about that uh, Cinderella lyric yeah I'm like, i totally really? agree with that yeah but as for the song itself it definitely feels like vintage aba i don't know if you agree but that's how i feel it definitely feels like something that would have fit on i empire and i love that classic feel that they're giving it so i'm really happy that they're revisiting that sound Yes, I totally agree. I think with the Dreamwalker, which we'll get into later on in this episode, was quite a departure from their usual sound. 
And you know, you know what? I actually feel that way about Kiss and Tell. How do you feel about that song? Yeah. So speaking about Kiss and Tell, that is the single that has most recently been released. And I feel like between the two, I'm leaning towards Rebel Girl more me personally of of my preference but i will say with kiss and tell what i do like about kiss and tell is lyrically it kind of loses me but sonically this song is a banger the musicality that was put into this song specifically you know the lyrics may have lost me but this song sounds killer and this is how i want the rest of the album to sound like if we can get a happy medium between rebel girl and kiss and tell i think the album would be truly incredible I totally agree. And as for the song Kiss and Tell, I agree with you about the lyrics. Kind of hit or miss. The music, definitely amazing. Definitely. I smiled widely when I heard the the music and that mix between his brand of space rock and punk. I definitely love that. Riff King. Absolutely. Riff King, yes. That's, even that's an understatement. So between the two songs, which one is your favorite? Which one do you prefer and why? definitely kiss and tell because of of that punk rock feel mixed in with the space rock it's definitely one of the more adrenaline inducing songs he's written in a long time so that's why i love it my feedback would be if he can up the game lyrically then i think we'll be fine if he can get that happy medium between rebel girl with the catchy chorus and sonically like kiss and tell and mix the two then we're in for quite an album yeah, listen, if he can have riffs on this new album, like the ones on The War or Flight of Apollo or Secret Crowds, like heavy signature Tom riffs like that, then I'm all for it, man. Speaking of his former work, let's just dive right into it now, Eric. Let's go back to the beginning with We Don't Need to Whisper. I made you choose three of your favorite songs from that album. So what did you choose and why did those songs stick out to you? So this was definitely a difficult pick, but I managed. And the three songs that I picked are Do It For Me Now, The War, and The Adventure. Nice. Yeah, that was one thing I forgot to mention. Seeing The Adventure played live was a spiritual experience. Just going to throw that oh, out there. yeah, of course. I can imagine. And I picked these three just because... You know, The Adventure, I mean, classic song right there. That's got, the song. Anybody that even remotely has heard of Angels and Airwaves, that is the song. It's The Adventure. Just as All the Small Things is to Blink and their classic songs, The Adventure is to AVA. Now, I know this one was a hard one for you, but what are your three favorite songs off this album? So hard because what a debut album this was for the band. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. So it was really excruciating to narrow it down to a top three, but I managed. And that top three is, in no specific order, The Adventure, Do It For Me Now, and It Hurts. Wow. We're pretty similar in choices. Yeah, we were just one off. And honestly, The War is such a killer song, so I totally understand why you chose it for your top three. It was very close. It was a tough battle for me to, you know, choose between songs, but It Hurts had to make it on there because of the impact that it had on me from a young kid now to an adult. And uh, yeah, it's a powerful song. Yeah, I agree. I, I was close to picking that one myself, but I had to go with The War. The War is killer, dude, but It Hurts, especially... 
when you can relate so hard to those lyrics and then the amount of power that he has behind his vocals and that buildup of emotion and the explosion in that song. And you could just tell that he, in that time period, he was just living and breathing every single word. Oh man, I love it hurts. Yeah, living and breathing every single word. I think that that is the general gist of We Don't Need to Whisper. I could not agree more. Moving forward, we have I Empire, their big sophomore release. So for I Empire, what three songs did you choose for that album? Another difficult uh, endeavor on my part, but I also managed on this one. I picked True Love, Rite of Spring, and Heaven. Nice. They closed out the show with Heaven. Oh, wow. That would have been so good. (laughs) That would have been so great to see. I know. That was their grand finale was Heaven. Oh, wow. And it was pure Heaven. Oh, man. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Next time. I swear I'll be there next time. Next time you'll... I, I know you will be. You'll be right next to me. We got this. Next time around, you'll be there, Eric. Definitely. How about you? What were your three? Okay, so my three were, in no particular order, Call to Arms. This is one of the best Angels and Airwaves songs, period. I mean, if somebody wants to take me up on that argument, bring it. Because I love that song so much. I think it's one of the best songs in their catalog, period. So I had to put it on this list. So yes, Call to Arms. And then I have Rite of Spring as well. Because how could you not love the story about Tom's life? That's basically what Rite of Spring is. It's such a good song. Such an inspiring song. And for my last spot for my top three, it was very hard once again to narrow it down. But I went with Secret Crowds. Yes. I I knew you'd pick that one. And I almost picked that one myself because how could you not? You knowing me as well as you know me, I, (laughs) I cannot not pick that song. Of course. And again, it's another signature Tom song. It's got a great vocal, amazing riff. Amazing message. Absolutely. You can't go wrong with that one. Now, next up, we have Love Part 1 and Part 2, so I decided instead of treating them separately, let's just lump everything all together. So I did a top three for both albums. Do you know how hard that is, Eric? Eric, hit me with yours. I actually do know how hard that is, and because I know how hard that is, I'll be selfish this one time. And... (laughs) Being that these were originally two separate albums, but then they became one, I've decided to pick three per album, so it's six for this compilation. You know what, Eric? Go for it, man. Go for it. Awesome. So the six I picked, in no particular order, are The Flight of Apollo, Hallucinations, Clever Love, Inertia, Behold a Pale Horse, and We Are All That We Are. What a lineup that is. My God, you pick such good songs. Oh, yeah. Like, those are definitely my absolute favorites from each respective album. Very solid. Extremely solid. For me, I guess the most excruciating part of this was the fact that it's parts one and part two. And this double album here, to narrow it down to three, but somebody's got to do it. So I'll do it. And those three are Letters to God Part 2, in reference to Letters to God, which was originally on Boxcar Racer, 
Love that. And we have Shove, I put, on this list. And the last one I put on this list, which they played live, was Hallucinations. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. I was listening to that so many times last night. Oh, my God. That's another one that would have been fantastic to hear live. So good. I Eric, love that song. I cannot wait to show you the footage of everything. I, I can't wait. Oh, my God. I love that song so much. And you have such awesome picks, too. I almost picked Letters to God Part 2 as well. Yeah, I had to put that on my list because of me being such a big fan of Boxcar Racer at the time. And still now, I mean, yeah, that was a no-brainer. Of course. And the last and most recent album on this list, we have The Dreamwalker, which came out in 2014. And Eric, like I said earlier, this album was a big departure from their usual sound. That's when Alan Rubin came into the band and really helped bring this side of Tom to light. With that being said, which songs did you choose off of The Dreamwalker? So this one was also pretty difficult, but I decided to go with Tremors, The Wolfpack, and Mercenaries. Nice. Nice picks. We have one mutual pick, because I too picked The Wolfpack, and I picked Anomaly, and my last pick was The Disease. Wow. Very nice. I, I knew we'd have at least Wolfpack in common, because when that came out, we were both like, oh my god, this is so awesome. They played Anomaly, like I said earlier, but they also played The Wolfpack live, and that song was such a banger. Everybody was off their feet for that one. The ground was shaking for that one. Such a good one to play live. That's so cool. Again, you know, wish I would have been there. That would have been so amazing. Oh, Eric. And I love Mercenaries because I feel like, aside from The Wolfpack, Mercenaries is something that kind of goes back to their old days with the huge, you know, really big sound. Yeah, I agree. I think that one is extremely underrated, actually. So, we've now reached the end of our episode here, and the hardest part of all, ranking these AVA albums from our least favorite to most favorite, and you gotta explain why you ranked number one at number one. So... Let's hear it. Let's actually, you know how we'll do this? We'll go back and forth. So you'll say a least, I'll say a least, and we'll just go in order until we both hit number one. So Eric, I will let you have the pleasure of going first. Let's get the negativity out of the way here. What was your least favorite record by AVA as a whole? So definitely the Dreamwalker is my least favorite because it is definitely the most out there in terms of sound. It's the biggest departure you know, it's, it's, I won't lie, it's pretty underwhelming overall. Listen, I'm going to chime right in here because I agree with you. And it was also the least favorite on my list is the Dreamwalker for all those reasons that you just said. Yes, it does have some highlights in it, but generally speaking, it's, it's just not what I'm used to, you know? So that's why it's my least favorite. I agree. As much as I appreciate Alon Rubin, I think he's extremely talented he can play multiple instruments and play them incredibly well. And it's not to take anything away from him and his creative aspect that he brings to the band. I just think that it was a very severe departure to the normal AVA sound. And I was so accustomed to, you know, sonically experiencing AVA, how they've been up until this point. So it took some time to get used to it. 
there are really good tracks off of this album, but as a whole, I agree with you, it's pretty underwhelming, especially the time gap between album releases from Love Parts 1 and 2 to The Dream Walker. You would think that it would be more of a build-up there of something that was going to be really great. I know some people love this album, and I think that's great for them, but for me personally, it's definitely my least favorite. Love is my number three on this list. Eric, we are completely in sync right now. The Dreamwalker at four and Love as a whole parts one and two at three. So now it's going to get real interesting because are we going to have the same number two and number one? I don't feel like it, but we shall see. What is your number two choice? We don't need to whisper. What? <laughs> what? Okay, well, Eric... I literally have to eat my own words right now because We Don't Need to Whisper is my number two as well, meaning both of our number ones is I Empire. Eric, let's break this down real quick before we close out this episode. We Don't Need to Whisper, I thought was going to be your number one for sure. So why did you place I Empire over We Don't Need to Whisper? In my opinion, this was the hardest part about this entire list was choosing between the two, which was going to take the number one spot. I am so glad that we have the same list. I did not know that going into this. So that's why I was so surprised by it. But I need to know what your reasoning was behind it. I feel like I Empire is... A perfectly balanced album in terms of different moods if that makes sense like i feel like it's got you know the somber stuff but then it's also got the more upbeat stuff we don't need to whisper i kind of feel is more dark it's definitely oh totally totally yeah you know it definitely deals with much more i mean both both albums deal with personal subjects but because we don't need to whisper is the debut i feel like the personal themes on that one are more raw and closer to the heart. I totally agree with you on that. Whereas the second one is a little bit more The refined. second one is such a feel-good album. I, Empire, honestly, has been one of the best sophomore albums that I've ever listened to, period. And normally bands go through the sophomore slump. But with this record, I cannot tell you a bad song off of that record. And We Don't Need to Whisper is the same. When I listen back to We Don't Need to Whisper, there are really solid tracks on that album. But the way that I Empire hit me when I first listened to it and the way that it still hits me now over 10 years later, yeah. Yeah, and listen, speaking for myself, it was really hard to pick between either or because the first time I heard We Don't Need to Whisper... I was blown away because I loved that Tom had found a sound that was 100% truly his. To be quite honest, I haven't heard this brand of rock anywhere else, really, like this. I love the fact that it's space rock, but with a punk rock edge to yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no one else that I know of that does that and does it as well as he does and it really isn't anyone. it's who he is at his core exactly what you said this is tom and he mentioned at the show he goes i love blink i started that band i love those guys i have nothing but love for mark and travis but he goes when it comes to angels and airwaves and it comes to this music this is my creative outlet to get a little bit more serious and spiritual 
and to delve into things that, you know, may be uncharted territory for Blink. Exactly. So, you know, the first album in itself was already a bold statement. And then you've got the amazing follow-up. So from front to back, beginning to end, I Empire is just such an experience. You have to listen to it as a whole. Not a bad song on that album. It's such a feel-good album. One of my favorite albums of all time, hands down, I Empire. And I ultimately... Because of like exactly what you said, I think that's the reason why I Empire is my favorite and supersedes uh, We Don't Need to Whisper, because it, it is a feel-good album. The first one, amazing, no doubt about it. But the second one just kind of lightens the mood a little bit more. And with that being said, you guys, there you have it. Those are our favorite songs off of each album and our ranking of ABA albums. I'm so glad to see Tom happy and back in action, playing and performing and touring and just living his life to the fullest right now. It's such a good time to be a fan of Blink and Angels and Airwaves and Tom and Mark and Travis and everybody involved here because there's just so much going on right now for fans of uh, all three. So with that being said, also, I just want to say one more thing before I close out here. I would like to give a shout out to Tom DeLong himself, the man, the myth, the legend. First of all, I would like to say if you ever listen to this podcast, if this, if this ever crosses your radar and you happen to stumble upon this and listen to this podcast for whatever reason, uh, I just want to say... First of all, I'm dying to meet you and have a conversation with you. I would love to interview you and have you on and just talk about everything. So that is on the bucket list. I'm putting it out there in the universe, hoping that anything could be possible. So I'm going to throw that out there. But most importantly, above all else, I just want to give a shout out to Tom and let him know that he is one of my greatest inspirations and I'm not just talking about musically just all around everything that he's been able to accomplish and create I love everything that he's doing with to the stars he is building his own media empire right now he is involved with so many things right now obviously a lot of government official projects that he's on and stuff with that but also he's in everything he has clothing he has books he has angels and airwaves they have the movie that they put out along with love at the time you had the we don't need to whisper documentary start the machine when that came out there's just so many things that he has been able to accomplish and so many things that he's done creatively throughout his life that I really am inspired by and I have nothing but admiration for him and I just wanted to give a shout out to him because not only did his music impact my life in such a crucial way growing up listening to it and has helped me through some of the hardest times of my life but also just as a creative human being, I respect him, I acknowledge him, and I just need him to know that. So above all else, if he listens to this show and uh, for whatever reason stumbles upon it, uh, shout out to you, Tom. Thank you so much for everything that you have ever done because it has impacted me in such a way that words cannot even express. Wow, that was beautiful. That is a perfect ending to this episode. Thanks, Eric. I, I really, I sincerely mean it. You know that more than anyone else. Of course. And 
I'm really happy that you, of all people, like really got to attend the show because you've been waiting your whole life for this. So talk about, you know, a perfect moment, you know? Perfect moment, perfect day, perfect week, love and life. <laughs> do it all over again if you could. I really would. And I cannot wait for the next show, the next tour. And I cannot wait for that album in 2020. I will be anxiously awaiting to hear what that's going to sound like. And on that note, you guys, we are passing the mic over to you. We want to know your favorite AVA songs. We want to know, are you going to catch them on this tour? You really should. I mean, it's truly an experience. You have to experience it at least once. See the band live because they put on one hell of a live show and just their stage presence, all the lights and sounds coming through that stage. It was just so wild and I highly, highly recommend if you get the chance to go and see them. But we want to know your songs. We want to know if you've been on tour. Do you plan on going to the tour? And we want to know what you thought of the two new singles. Which one did you prefer and why? Rebel Girl and Kiss and Tell. So don't forget to head over to www.musicmattersmedia.com and let us know over there. And also follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned for our next episode.